0: You're listening to the Homeschooling Families podcast by Teach Them Diligently. Welcome. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today's podcast is a practical one, and I'm excited to dive in because we're going to be discussing an issue that hits home for all of us from one time to another, whining. We'll look at how parents can address whining from a heart-oriented biblical perspective and teach their children to be better communicators. Our guest today is Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and the brand new Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely book series. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and has been a favorite speaker for years at Teach Them Diligently. She also co-hosts the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast. You can check out her parenting resources and find out where she's speaking next at gingerhubbard.com. Before we dive into our discussion today, I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor for this episode. World News Group and their fantastic streaming options for families has worked with us for a long time and talk about good news A video current events program has arrived to instill news literacy and biblical discernment in your family. Prepare to learn about the world and be reminded of who made it. It turns out that watching the news can be fun. This is the stuff streams are made of, but you'll never know unless you try. Start your free 30-day trial at WorldWatch.News/TTD. You can even access their app for seamless streaming. Again, you can get that deal at worldwatch.news forward slash TTD. I actually did a review of WorldWatch on our website, so if you have any questions about it or, or how you could use World Watch as part of your family's homeschool routine, check the show notes for a link to that review. Now, Ginger, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're here. Thank you, Leslie. It's always so much fun to get to talk with you and encourage
1: your listeners. So I appreciate you having me back on. Well,
0: you are welcome. We have have known each other for a long time now. And I was thinking as I was reading your bio, I I actually got to know you years before I actually did by reading Don't Make Me Count to Three. So you have been <laughs> impacting my life for a very long time. And so I appreciate your ministry and your faithfulness. And so I just, before we dive in, for those who have not been to teach them diligently or are not familiar with your ministry, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do and why you do it?
1: Sure, I would love to. I have been speaking on the topic of biblical parenting, heart-oriented parenting for, I guess, over 25 years now. And it birthed from just my desire to uh, raise my children in the ways of the Lord and and just do the best I could as as far as implementing scripture and getting to the heart of some of the issues that they struggled with and pointing them to uh, just the transformational power of Christ. And so as I studied and learned what all the uh, Word of God has to say about parenting, which it has a lot to say about parenting. Uh, I became very passionate about sharing what I was learning with other people. So I started writing on the topic a little, well, I actually started out by leading a small moms group in just my local church, like 20 moms. We would get together every week and uh, just talk about what God's word says about parenting. Went through Ted Tripp's book, Shepherding a Child's Heart, which was one of my favorites. And, uh, and then just as I uh, spoke more and more to that group, uh, started getting invitations to speak at other places and wound up publishing the little wise words for mom's chart, which has been uh, super helpful for a lot of folks. And again, I, that's the, that little chart started out for me and some of the struggles that my children were having and, and me just looking mm-hmm. up some scripture as far as how to implement the word of God in accordance with those struggles that they were having. And then it just that little chart just started spreading throughout our community and then other communities and then uh, Ted Tripp actually wound up publishing it and And then that just kind of exploded my speaking ministry. So it all really just fell in my lap and started from just uh, faithfulness and leading a small moms group in my church and then wound up being a national ministry. And that's how God works. You know, when we're faithful in the little things. He opens doors for us to have a greater impact. And. So that's how my ministry got started. I married Ronnie Hubbard 11 years ago, and he came as a package deal with two boys. So between the two of us, we have four kids, all in their 20s. So we are now uh, not really in the parenting phase anymore, but in the end, indul- just enjoying our adult kids and the friendship that we have with them, which is super wonderful.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love the way that you noted um how god blesses just faithful steps of obedience it may seem small it may seem like just a little tiny you know, tidbit of an idea that he's given you for a way that you can get involved in someone's life right there where you are. But God in his in his majesty and his glory can take that little gift, that little offering of time and, and energy and multiply it so greatly when you are faithful. So I just really appreciate you noting that because I think that for so many of us that have more opportunities now than we would have ever imagined. It started that very same way. It's just taking that next step that God, God lays out before you. That's right. That's right. Yep. I Amen. totally agree. Amen.
1: And so be faithful in the little things and he'll he'll use it for his glory in every way that he wants to.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Good, good words to remember there. Um now I wanted to dive in because we're going to talk about a very specific issue of speech today. Um, And we're going to talk about whining, but to set the stage for really, really talking about that, you and I have talked through the years, whether it be on 365 or on, on the podcast about various speech issues, which, which really come down to heart issues that we're dealing with, with our children. Why do you focus so much on these just in general? Um, Why is this such an important thing? and, And why, why as parents do we, Do we struggle to know how to address them, do you think?
1: Well, you know, Leslie, I think the reason I like to get specific with some of these tongue-related offenses is because as a conference speaker, I get to talk to parents all over the country, and so many of them have expressed their heartache over their inability to help their children mm. get a handle on these tongue-related offenses. Uh, it just seems that so many children today are in bondage to enslaving addictions of the tongue, which, as you just mentioned, stem from enslaving sins of the heart. It's All of those yeah. behaviors are always related to a particular attitude of the heart. And so parents are looking for ways to uproot these issues, address them from a biblical heart-oriented perspective, and point their children to Jesus, who is um, our only hope for change. So I uh, have been writing parenting books about that for over 20 years. For adults, of course, but I had always had a desire to write for children, to put together some children's books to help them really get a grasp on some of these concepts in fun ways. And the problem was that I had the great concepts, but I'm not very creative as far as coming up <laughs> with good storylines for kids. And so I spent years attempting this and got turned down by dozens and dozens of wow. publishers just saying, you know, you don't have what you're not creative enough. Basically, they were a lot nicer in the way they put it. So anyway, the guy that um, that has always helped me with my Website is a good friend of mine. We're, our families have been friends for many years. And he, we were all together at our lake house just for a, a little weekend retreat together. And we were out on the pontoon boat, and my webmaster, Al Roland, who is, like I said, has helped behind the scenes with my ministry for many, many years as my webmaster and just helping with all kind of tech stuff because I am not technical in any way.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, he said, you know what? I've got this idea. I mean, because he's read all of of my failed attempts. And he said, I have this really good idea, I think, for a storyline for a children's book on whining. And he shared that story with me, and it was so creative, and I just got so excited about it. And uh, so I promoted him from webmaster to co-author. And so we wrote wow. these books together. The storyline was his idea, and then we wrote them together, and then voila, a publisher took them. So uh, so we're hoping we've got this one on whining that you and I are going to talk about today. We've got one on lying, and then we have a, those two are already out, and then we have a new one coming out uh, in January of 23 on teasing. So wow. I just think it's important that we not just tell parents to get to the heart of, of these specific issues, but that we really give them the tools to be able to do it.
0: Oh absolutely, absolutely. and and these are issues that we are all dealing with from one point or one time to another. We, you know, like you noted earlier, your kids are now in their 20s. mine are you know, I've got three that are that are graduated from high school. They're right there too. Um, but, we've all come up through this and, and the earlier that you start dealing with these things and the more that you, you're really intentional in the way that you deal with them, the Mm -hmm. easier your life will be as they get older. Um, that's right. So, and I know that you, you really lean into that, but to get to specifics about whining, why do you think that whining has become such a problem with children in today's culture? Well,
1: the bottom line is that children, like us, are selfish in nature. We all want what we want when we want it. And if we don't get it, we have a tendency to complain or to whine about it. I was actually doing that yesterday, so I'm very convicted right now and (laughs) should walk away and repent before I even finish uh, recording this episode with you. So we're all guilty of that. Uh, Another reason that children whine is simply because they are allowed to whine. Parents are often responsible for the habits of their children. You know, in all of my books and seminars, I like to encourage parents, again, to look past that outward behavior and address the issues of the heart from a biblical perspective. So specifically, one of the issues behind whining is a lack of Mm self-control. And what's really sad about it is that children who use demanding forms of communicating to express their wants and needs, they're in bondage to their emotions and lack of self-control. And an enslaving addiction to whining does not make for a happy child or a happy parent, or a happy anyone else who's around them. Uh, In in Proverbs 25, 28, God compares a person who lacks self-control with a city whose walls are broken down. And in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, he deems self-control so important that he lists it as a priority virtue. And then in Titus Mm -hmm. 2, 12, he says that by his grace, we are to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives. You know, it's encouraging for us to keep in mind Uh, Also, that God's commands are for the purpose of his glory. And sometimes we forget this, our joy in honoring God by speaking with a self-controlled voice that accomplishes both purposes, because when we choose to obey his commands. He puts joy in our hearts, which mm. reflects his own joy of being glorified. So it all works together in such a beautiful way. And along those same lines, I love one of the reasons Jesus gives for us obeying his commands in John 15, 11, He says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Leslie, I think we can all safely say that we've all witnessed the lack of joy in a whining child versus the joyful countenance of a child who has been taught to communicate with self-control. Oh, no question.
0: You know, we, it was in our family, whenever there was whining, I would respond to the kids with, I don't speak whine. I don't speak that language. You're going to need to rephrase it. You're going to, you know, and that was kind of the way that I addressed it and and I don't know why. There was no strategy behind it. I look back and so many of the things that I did was just clearly God answering my prayer for wisdom in that moment because I wasn't mm-hmm. going in with okay, you know, before marriage David and I wrote out this way we were going to handle our kids or anything like that. But but it we did tell them that we don't speak wine, so they need to rephrase, rethink, whatever. But I find that there are a lot of parents out there, and I'm sure you've talked to them too, who are completely at a loss for how to address whining with their kids. So they find themselves resorting to methods that are ineffective. So can you identify some of those ineffective methods for us maybe, and then help us to see why they're not beneficial um, for, for addressing the, what's really at play here?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, let me just say first, I love that when, when parents like you did tell their kids, I don't speak wine, because it really is a language in, its, in and of itself when kids whine. And so I heard, uh, who was it? I think it was Heidi that said she told her kids, I don't speak whineese. okay I thought that was cute so yeah I think that's wise to address it that way and and to not engage in those conversations with our children when they're whining so that they learn to communicate with self-control so uh, some of these ineffective methods though that we find ourselves uh, leaning on when we don't have a plan are, are definitely not good ways to address it and one of those is scolding according to the bible scolding is an angry response that will stir anger in the hearts of our kids verse 15.1, we're told that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When we respond to whining by yelling something like, stop that whining right now or you're going to get it, we're training in anger and we're not Hmm. modeling that self-control that we so desperately desire our children to learn. Correcting wrong behavior should never be an I'll show you, or a boy, you're going to get it now mentality. Correction should always be given with an attitude of, I love you too much to allow you to live an undisciplined life. Another ineffective method for dealing with whining children uh, is to ignore them, um, or even another one is to give in to their demands. To ignore them is to shirk their responsibility to train them and to give in uh, by granting what they're whining for, well, that's just going to reinforce that wrong behavior. Now, certainly there are times when ignoring or giving in is going to seem more convenient for us. After all, it does take time and effort to train our kids in what's right. But to ignore or give in to a whining child, you know, if we think about it, that's to selfishly place our own interest above the interest and the well-being of the child. Mm. God has Mm. placed parents as the authority over their children to teach them not to ignore them or uh, just to get them to hush by indulging that inappropriate behavior. So when children whine, we want to view those times as precious opportunities to train them in self-control, not as frustrating moments of
0: inconvenience for us. Hmm. That, is, that is so good. And, and you're right. It is, it's so much easier to just ignore it or to actually to react in kind um, because we're, we're moving fast. All of us are. And so to get down on their level and to actually try to to coach them through or to train them like you were talking about takes an awful lot more intentionality. It takes a lot more time. It takes, you know, a lot more focus, which we're all kind of torn in, in these different directions no matter what. So how can parents help children understand the hard issues behind whining and then teach their kiddos to be better communicators rather than leaning on this this, you know, Whining way that they have?
1: Well, I recommend three steps. And uh, let's just do let's just say that little Susie is whining to satisfy a particular want or, you know, even a God given need, such as being thirsty or being hungry. So maybe she's whining for a cup of water or a cup of juice or for a snack or something like that. So step one is to calmly ask a simple heart probing question, something like, Susie, honey, are you asking for a snack? with your self-controlled voice. And I know some mamas out there listen and they think, well, you know, my kid just wouldn't answer. So what if she just doesn't answer, just clams up? Well, don't get into a power struggle. We have to be wiser than our kids. Just answer for her and just say, no, sweetheart, you're not. God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. And then step two is to explain that it is love that motivates you to train her. So you might say something like, honey, I just love you too much to allow you to speak foolishly. So I'm going to set the timer. And this is this is part of the little plan. I'm going to set the timer. And you could just have a little uh, time. I kept a little kitchen timer with me all the time. Or now we have timers on our phone. So you don't even need that. And I would say, <laughs> and honey, when the buzzer goes off in three minutes or two minutes or one minute, whatever you think is reasonable for your child, then you may come back and ask for that snack with your self-controlled voice. And then step three is to follow through. So when that buzzer mm-hmm. goes off, have the child come back and ask the right way. Uh, now, before we go any further. Uh, again, I'm sure there's some mamas out there listening to this and thinking, well, you know, that sounds all well and good and that might've worked for your kids, but it wouldn't work for mine. You don't know my kid. When that timer goes off, my kid would be too stubborn to come back and ask the right way. Well, to that, I say natural consequences. She doesn't get that (laughs) snack until she can come back and ask with self-control. So natural consequences work great for, for this, for this method. Also, Leslie, I've noticed, uh, so many kids today, they don't just whine when they want something. Kids today seem to whine just as a general means of communicating. Mm -hmm. It's like whining has become an absolute epidemic in America. So let's, let's just do another scenario here where they're not really whining for something. They're just, they're just whining in general. So let's say that mom is is driving the minivan and the child is strapped in the backseat and isn't necessarily asking for something, but is just inappropriately communicating those thoughts and feelings. So whining in this case is simply words spoken with a bad attitude, which also reflects a lack of self-control. So the three-step plan works exactly the same way. Same sort of question. Sweetheart, are you talking to me with a self-controlled voice? No, honey, you're not. So I'm going to set the timer. And when it goes off, then you can come back and we can have this communication uh with you talking the right way we can have this conversation with with self-control and then after that timer goes off again if she just clams up or refuses to talk with self-control same thing as far as natural consequences Mm -hmm. she doesn't get to have that conversation with mom until she's willing to communicate the right way so this simple three-step plan it enables parents to reprove the child for whining Have them suffer the consequences of having to wait three minutes or two minutes or one minute, whatever you think, again, is reasonable. And that could seem like a long time for kids. And then most important, we want to encourage them to come back and communicate the right way with self-control.
0: Yeah that's that's really really good and and the natural consequences like you like you noted are are really something that I think that we underutilize as parents because we're inconsistent so because we tend to just give in or give up we don't allow those natural consequences to actually take effect which often work a lot more effectively than Especially, I think that with whining would work a lot more effectively than mm-hmm. other forms of discipline because they recognize that whining does not lead to what I want. It leads to deprivation and you know starvation of the snack or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I, yeah. I I would just encourage everyone to be consistent in that, even though it's harder. Even though you may like, I I know there have been a gazillion times when I will say something. And my kids are smart enough to know that if they wait around or they do something, I'm going to forget what I said. (laughs) So we've got to be really careful to -hmm. to remember what we say and to actually mean what we say and to act Mm -hmm. on it um, so that those natural consequences, like you noted, will take effect. Mm -hmm. That's right. So I also wondered, as you were talking, how much do you think that whining, this whining epidemic is a way to actually get parents attention. Like I, you see so many distracted parents, so many people who aren't engaging with their children on a heart level because, you know, we've got, we've got our phones, we're constantly on social media. We're doing this, that, and the other. We're so busy. I'm torn in all these directions. Do you find that these, that especially whining, but any of these speech issues can really at at the root be a cry for, hey, look at me, I'm going to get your attention one way or the other, even if I have to nag and bug you to death to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And and again, that's why we want to point them back to, that is not the best way to get attention. Not right. having self-control, not communicating with self-control, whining, disobeying. I do think that sometimes kids do that because they're not getting attention, but they're seeking the attention in the wrong way. But one, yeah. one thing that we need to look at, Leslie, is, are we giving our kids attention is the only attention we're giving our kids, uh, geared toward correcting them when they've done something wrong. Well, then that's going to create that habit in them to do wrong things, to get our attention. And so we need to make sure that we are interacting and giving them that good, uh, that good attention, um, and, and just in everyday life so that, uh, it's done in the right way and, and not leading them to, well, I have to do something wrong in order to get mom's attention. So just simple things, uh, you know, reading them a book, doing once a week, having a date night with your child, yep. doing something that they enjoy. And that can go a long way in kids not seeking the wrong kind of attention or, or rather acting out to get attention if they're, if they're getting the attention they need uh, regularly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree. And that was just something that as you were talking Um, the Lord just really pricked my heart with. I find that so many times when when we are discussing issues that are related to our children or even related to our spouse, anything like that, the Lord tends to shine a light on our own hearts as we are learning how to shepherd others or how to interact with others. And it's really important to listen for that still small voice and allow the Lord to do a work in your heart so that you aren't being a stumbling block to the one that you're trying to train.
1: That's right. Yep. That's right. We always need to look to our own hearts and we need to be willing to confess when we do something wrong. Like I I can't tell you how many times I've had to confess to whining and complaining (laughs) (laughs) with my kids and say, and they'll whip out my own books and charts on me, mom. What does God's word say about whining? And so we have to humble ourselves then and say, you know yeah. what? You're absolutely right. I shouldn't be whining today because I got to fold this laundry. I should be thankful that I have a family that I get to fold laundry for. Exactly. And so and be willing to say, you know, when I ask God to forgive me for whining, will you forgive me for setting that bad example for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And God can use that humility and those times of confession to show your children that you are growing. And those are some of the best discipleship tools and times that you're going to have with your kids of all, because it's real. It's, it's, just raw, it's right there, and God uses it mightily. Um, now I know that there are probably a lot of parents listening in who are very ready to be done with this. That you know they <laughs> recognize the need; they're really eager to start putting into practice your steps and how to how to really address this whining with their kids. So once once they start implementing these techniques, how long does it normally take before they start seeing change? So that they kind of have a gauge for what what to expect as they start working on this? Well, Leslie, parents who
1: are consistent with this teaching, they're telling me that their children are absolutely transformed in the way they communicate in one week or less. Consistency is key, though. Um, It's so easy. This is really an easy way to address it with this three-step plan. It really doesn't take long. And if you're consistent, it really does work. I had a chronic whiner in my home. And when I started this plan and was super consistent with it, it really didn't take long before she was able to grasp it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we find ourselves scolding or ignoring or giving in, it's because we don't really know how to respond. We don't have a plan. So out of frustration, we respond in ways that are not beneficial. So this plan not only helps us to stay consistent, but it also gives us a self-controlled way to respond to whining. Another great benefit to using this method um, is that moms can use it anywhere, even when they're out in public, because I don't know about other moms, but for me, those were the times when I was most tempted to ignore by you know, giving my kids what they wanted or or just completely ignoring them, giving in, whatever. And so when we're out in public, that's the the times when it's really hard to use. But if we keep this uh, little timer or our phones with us, we're going to find it so much easier to follow through with this method anytime and anywhere. So it's not just something that we can use at home. Um, Also, we need to keep in mind that sometimes kids are so accustomed to whining uh, that it might be necessary for us to actually demonstrate how to communicate the right way, giving them an example yeah. of how to communicate with self-control by modeling the appropriate words and modeling the ato- the appropriate tone of voice. That encourages them and how to replace what is wrong with what is right. So be willing to put the words in their mouth and show them the right way to speak those words.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's super encouraging that parents are actually seeing fruit of this these activities so quickly. That is Man, that we should have led with that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, but what about what about those who who have older kids, you know, and they didn't jump on it when they were younger? Is this still effective or what words of wisdom, what would you share with those who's who have older kids and they're really worried that they've let it go too long to even deal with it now?
1: Well, it's never too late to start training our children in what's right, no matter how old they are. I've shared my testimony um, several times. I think I've shared it maybe on your podcast, but that my, my parents didn't become Christians until I was 18 years old. And they didn't so they didn't start implementing biblical principles with me until I was 18 years old. And so you might think that that Uh, would be too old, but it wasn't, you know, God's word does not return Hmm. void. And whenever we start implementing those biblical principles, God is going to start doing a work in the heart. So, but with older kids who whine uh, and maybe demand their, what they want and desires, um, That can actually be rooted in the sin of idolatry. Now, bear with me. We're not talking about older children. I mean, we are talking about older children, not the younger kids, because I'm not encouraging parents to prop their three-year-old on their lap and launch into this long conversation about idolatry, because that's just not going to fly with a (laughs) three-year-old, because they're probably, that's going to be way over their head. But as they grow and mature, we need to help them recognize and understand the sin of idolatry. Uh, It's also vital that we recognize it in ourselves. So we can know that whining is rooted in the sin of idolatry, when we start believing that our temporal wants and desires are going to satisfy us more than God, the Apostle Paul talked about those who substituted the temporal for the eternal in Romans one twenty-five. He said they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Mm. We know from First Timothy six seventeen that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, but. Those gifts for our enjoyment become idols when they're desired. And enjoyed over God himself. So a good indicator that gifts are becoming idols is when the absence of them or the withholding of them ruins our trust and our delight in the goodness of God. So as children mature, we want to begin warning them against the dangers of idolatry. And a very simple way to explain that even to a young child might be to say something like, honey, idolatry is when a person or thing is loved more than God, wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than
0: God, or enjoyed more than God. Hmm. Wow. So good. And so there's so much hope there that it is, it's not too late. And God is so good and so gracious. And like you notice his word never returns void and we need to take heart in that. So no matter where you are in your journey, you can trust the same God that would have worked when they were little to Mm -hmm. work now that they're a little bit bigger. And, and so you be faithful and you trust the results to him. And it is a wonderful, wonderful comfort to know that, that God loves your kids more than you ever could. Mm -hmm. And that he is working all the time to, Mm -hmm. to work in their lives. And that's, that is a great help. Um, We are, I, I wanted to switch gears just a little bit with you before we run out of time. We talked at the beginning about your new book series for kids about teaching children to use their words wisely. Now, one of them you noted was on this topic. So how can or or can you, I guess, tell us how to use this book to help children learn the dangers of idolatry and the value of self-control like you've been talking about?
1: Okay, well, the first book in the series is called Sam and the Sticky Situation. And in that book, Sam figures out that he gets what he wants when he whines. So he starts whining more and more. But during a trip to the fair, Sam finds himself in quite the sticky situation when all of his whining leads him to being covered and cotton candy from head to toe and stuck on the top of a ferris wheel and so later in the story sam's (laughs) mom winds up confessing her own problem with whining which god uses to help sam realize his problem. And then in the end, they both learned that nothing they want is more important than obeying and pleasing God. They also learned the value of self-control mm-hmm. and the importance of asking God for forgiveness and help. And then I have a parent page at the end of Sam and the Sticky Situation that really helps parents to talk to their children uh, at, a, at a level that they're going to be able to understand to, uh, to for them to be able to um, relate whining to the sin of the heart and to help understand mm-hmm.
0: that Jesus is the cure. And the help that they need. That is awesome. I didn't realize that not only is this a book for kids, but you've got this resource in there to help parents actually implement what Sam, in this case, has learned and help them make that personal and to to be actionable within their homes. Do all of these books come with that kind of a resource for parents at the end?
1: They do. Each book has a parent page. So it's super easy for for parents to know what scripture verses to go to, what sort of heart probing questions to ask to really help get to uh, the heart of whining and then to uh, train their children from a biblical heart oriented perspective. And as far as what God's word has to say, say about that and what they need to do to replace whining with self-control and uh, the dangers of idolatry as they get older. And another common uh, theme in all of the books in this series is that we have the parent having the same struggle as the child. And so in the hmm. book on whining, uh, we're told in Matthew seven, five, that we need to remove the plank in our own eye. And then we can see clearly to remove the speck from someone else's eye. <laughs> uh, there's one thing we all have in common with our kids, Leslie. And I know that you know what that thing is. We are all sinners in need of a savior. Yeah. And we parents mm-hmm. are just as much as their kids are. Um, And so we need God's rescuing grace and help just as much as our kids Mm. do. And it's encouraging for our kids to know that as parents, we need to be honest with our kids about our own struggle at those age appropriate levels. And it's okay to say to our children, like we talked about a few minutes ago, I was whining about having to do the laundry this morning, but my whining and complaining was not honoring to God. I've asked him to forgive me. Will you forgive me too? And so when we admit our own sin and our own need for Jesus to our kids, it encourages them to do the same. So we felt that was an important uh, aspect of our walk with God that we wanted to communicate in these books is that parents have the same struggle. And then when we respond to the conviction of the Holy spirit, that sets the the standard or the model uh, to encourage our kids to do the same.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's so good and so helpful. And I'm so excited that these resources are available. So, can you tell us where can families connect with you all year long, but also where can they find these books and, and start building their own library of these great wise words Type resources for their kids?
1: Well, my website, gingerhubbard.com, is a great place to connect with me, and all of my books and resources are available there. Some of them are available on Amazon, some of them are not, but I definitely prefer you to get them from me because that does help support my ministry when you uh, purchase my resources through gingerhubbard.com instead of some of those other outlets like Amazon. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at gingerhubbard, where I love to offer daily encouragement and parenting tips. So I would love to connect with you guys there. And of course, my favorite way to connect with folks is through our podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. It's a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior, address the issues of the heart, and then point their children to that transformational power of Christ. Mm. And from a practical standpoint, my host, Katie Morgan and I, we are super, super passionate about helping parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues of disobedience and defiance and all these other things that children struggle with and into a confident and biblical and heart-oriented approach to raising their kids.
0: Yeah, so good. And, And the podcast that she was talking about is fantastic. So you guys definitely want to check that out. Um, she has a, a lot of episodes under her belt already. So they're probably have talked about the issue that you're struggling with. Do a little search in the, in the podcast there. You're going to find some golden, golden nuggets, I assure you. So Ginger, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I, I enjoy every time we're able to talk and the insights that you share are just really, really helpful. So thank you for spending the time with us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Leslie. It's always a pleasure.
0: Well, you are very welcome to everyone else out there. Thank you all for spending your time with Ginger and I. I hope that this has been... Uh, encouraging. I suspect it's been really, really helpful and insightful for you. I encourage you to go to gingerhubbard.com, check out her resources, pick up some of these books for yourself, check out her podcast. You'll be glad that you did. I also want to remind you of our sponsor today, World Watch News. Go to worldwatch.news TTD and you can get 30 days free to stream that amazing news resource for your family. I think you're going to enjoy that as well. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently.